Good I day to you. Hedron. <laughs> I also Hedron. Is that like a, a parallelogram? Uh, no. It's. I mean, it's a no. It's a polygon with twenty bases. Twenty okay. facets. Uh huh. Also known as a D twenty. Also known as the main dice used in Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. You've talked to us about this before. Uh, yeah. I'm a fan of the dragon. Yeah. Yeah. And rolling the dice, the icons. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So I just wanted to I talk think, about it. I think you wanted to repurpose it because you just wanted to say icosahedron this time. I did. Yeah. Well, because I was talking to my mom and she made an icosahedron out of the Christmas cards that people sent it this year. It's really cool. Oh. Because it's this thing in sacred geometry which has something to do with like love and light or something. It's like really positive. I should remember it, but I don't. But it was super cool. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's a D20. Got it. Well, look, look, it's not just a die or a dice. It is more than that. It is love. It is symmetry. It is mathematics. It is, it is an icosahedron. It is literally oh. symmetry. It's and literally. possibly figuratively too, based on I don't know. We'll look, let's look up the sacred geometry. We'll, we'll, look, we'll it look it up. Look it up. <laughs> Welcome back to the More in Common podcast. Let's get it started. Season five, twenty twenty one. Two weeks in. I hope you're doing great. Well, it's been an interesting ride, uh, you know, just as we record this, only seven days into the new year, there's been some turmoil in this country, and Keith and I don't want to talk about that right now, but what we do want to remind you is that this this thing we're doing, this mission that we have, is all about compassionate conversation, and it's really hard when people are acting wildly different than what you believe or think is right and and a core tenet of compassion is that somebody deserves it because they deserve it not because you agree with them and not because you like them and it also mean doesn't mean that they're not wrong that those two things are not uh related so we really appreciate you being with us on this journey to explore what a compassionate conversation looks like and to help all of us get better at at using compassion every day in our lives to make this world a little bit of a better place. So we have a dope episode today that I'm going to let Keith talk about. Yeah, today, talking about compassion, we all approach it a little bit differently, but at the end of the day, the result is the same. And Adrian Miller... Um, brings an amazing perspective on so many things from respecting our elders, learning from those who have already passed through the journey that we're on, and really taking time to, to understand others. And he has an amazing story about Anita Baker that you just, if anything, you got to tune in for. Um, so definitely excited to bring this conversation with you today. Just uh, salt of the universe, salt of the I like I used to say salt of the earth, salt of the universe. Just mm, it's good people conversation. Um, definitely get in real quick. 
For all things More In Common, go to moreincommonpod.com. And I'm going to leave it at that because I want you to hear this amazing conversation. Let's get to it. We are a people from the projects. We, you better do a couple of things right. You better stand up straight, look me in my eye, talk to me correct. Or you're going to get treated like we back in the projects. Now, I didn't come up in the projects like she did, but I definitely was taught to, if they go left, you go left. They go act right, then you act right. But you act accordingly. And you always treat people with respect and you always stand up for what you feel is the right thing to do. All right, we're going to take a little break here. I want to tell you about something pretty amazing that we stumbled upon. A little ways back, we interviewed this amazing dude, Kwame Bowen, and he shared with me after the episode that his mother is a poet. And what's awesome about that is that he has all of her writings and all her poems. But what he doesn't have is her reading them. That inspired Keith and I to then start recording videos for our daughters. And as we started recording those videos, we started running into the challenges, the challenges of where are we going to send them to our daughters? How are we going to get them to them? Where are we going to save them? Is it going to be Google Drive? Is it going to be OneDrive? And then along came GiftPod. It's an audio memory that you can record and give as a private podcast. What they're going to do is edit, add music, and produce the audio that you provide them into a professional podcast that you can share with your family members for any purpose. We use it for our daughters in the future. All right, so check it out. In the write-up for this podcast, you're going to see a link to GiftPod. If you use promo code MIC10, you're going to get a discount. And uh, leave some amazing memories for your friends, family, loved ones, maybe for yourself. What, why don't you time capsule this for yourself? I don't know. So check them out. Giveagiftpod.com. MIC10 promo code. Welcome back. I am your co-host, Keith, with my man, Rod. And today we are with Adrian L. Miller. Welcome to the show, Adrian. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited to have you. Um, Adrian is an American music entertainment executive, manager, and executive producer, a notable manager of both Oscar and Grammy Award-nominated and winning artists Anderson Pac, Mariba, and, and no worries. <laughs> Miller has div- diversified his portfolio as a label owner, publisher, songwriter, and our talent scout, executive producer, and artist manager. Recently, he has teamed up with Michael Ross, co-founder of the label Delicious Vinyl. Together with Leslie Cooney, they started the label reboot now called Delicious Vinyl Island. Currently, his work is in music supervision, music consulting for film and television projects, including RZA's Cutthroat City, Patriot Pictures, and the series Wu-Tang, an American Saga on Hulu, and F. Gary Gray's Men in Black International with Sony. He has received the Cannes Lion Award for his work on the 2018 Apple Music HomePod commercial with Spike Jones. Adrian created the marketing research company Zion that can trend forecast change in our marketplace. Through previous relationships and having run several indie startups, Zion pr- 
provides top-tier placement for the clients, offering over two decades of experience and endless creative opportunities. Miller has received several RIAA certifications for gold and platinum sales success in music and in 2019, the Grammy Award for the Best Rap Performance, Bubbling by Anderson Pock. Whew. It's a lot. It's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a, that is a bold bio. I feel like that's not even every, that's not even everything, but no, it's, it's it is not highlights. It's some highlights. It, it is not. I didn't write that. No, you did not. <laughs> yeah, <I didn't. laughs> you did not write that. How? I did. Oh, <laughs> you did not. You approved it. I, 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 I kind of cobbled it together with what's out there on the, on the interwebs. <laughs> I, um, I definitely have tried to update that and for whatever, yeah. whatever the point, the people at Wikipedia need to hear something very strong. We don't always agree with what is out there on us. If we would like to change that and make it a clear, more concise understanding uh, bio, um, such as the accolades of the Grammys and um, the Oscar-nominated artists that I work with, they're missing the Emmy nominated artist but we go into the artist later which is rizza and the project that he got an emmy for which was the wool saga series and whatever i think that as long as i keep my nose to the grindstone you know maybe in another 50 years that'll even change maybe my <laughs> will get up well what i will i will say this i, I never touch wikipedia because i don't know who put that out there so because well, anybody can edit i can go edit yeah. your wikipedia which makes a lot maybe of i will it's funny it's like um Donald Glover, I saw him on something. This is years ago. He's like, I am not related to the other Glover. Like, stop writing that in my Wikipedia because he keeps going in and deleting it. <laughs> He's like, in fact, we interviewed a guest who I thought was related to Adam Sandler. Turns out, yeah, turns out they aren't. So that was my lesson learned on on taking things that aren't official uh, right. publications. You gotta um, ask your question, or I'm gonna steal it. Nope, I'm I'm going right into it. So, for the audience, this is the second time we are talking with Adrian, and unfortunately, you won't get to hear that conversation, but we will forever have it. Um, but in that conversation, you had mentioned something that we did not get to dig into. Uh, you said you love talking to older people, mm. and I really wanted to get into that this is something that I, I think is really important but i'm curious to get your perspective on why you like talking to older people and what you get from those conversations so i think that um it's important for us to take time to figure out out of all the paths and in, in within in within our journey there are several keys to life, keys to success, keys to open certain doors, yeah? And who are who the people that are most best suited to give us this information are those that are closest to us that have gone through those things, yeah? So for me, once upon a time, I was afraid of old people. I was a kid. I was like, oh, old person. You don't know. You fear what you don't understand or know. Yeah. yeah. And an old person I got along with that didn't, she's barely looking old now, was my grandmother. So I knew she was older than me when I was a child, but I didn't realize 
how old old is or older or elderly. You know, you, you see people with gray hair and that's just not it. Some some older people don't have gray hair. Yeah. Some older people um, may be fools. But I always give the wisdom to the individual that's been here longer, standing longer than me because they've seen more, been through more, and haphazardly, they may not be rich or wealthy, but they may have a different a different perspective of life that, you know, hey, you can't buy that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you do speak to people, you'd be amazed that a lot of times they just need someone to speak to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're going to give you treasures. And so I find myself um, mimicking my life around things I learned and then learning my life through things I have heard and learned and discovered through the wisdom of, of a lot of different older people around me. That's, um, do you think there's been much of a change from when you were younger to now in society as to how we look at the older, the elders in society? Like, the reverence, the respect, or lack thereof. Has it changed much in your in your lifetime? Or I know it's changed in general, but like have you seen it's it? It's changed drastically in my lifetime because I can see both sides of it. I feel like I'm in the middle spacing to the legends and elder statesmen and, and women, to the people who are youth who are activating their lives and will not listen to. Like I'm yeah. a queen now, and sometimes I'm the old guy, which you know I look at from a couple of different ways. I'm like, okay, I'll be old for the minute it takes for us to run this fifty, you know. Um, then, then there's just things like you gotta you gotta know when to say, you know what. I'm never going to be right. It's not about being right. It's not about anything more than saying we had this exchange. Let's keep it going. When do you think the perspective changed for you and why do you think it is what it is now? Not for you, but in general, like why that change over time? I, I It's been a gradual change and, you know, I, I will, I will pull random conversations to people on the streets just because I think, and and this is not just old people. This is people period. This is the guy you think maybe without a home, you know, he may not be homeless. He may be houseless by choice. And that conversation, the exchange, the human exchange happens when we smile and put the presentation of our life into work. So you you may not get much from a frown or somebody coming up to you, putting a gun in your face and starting the exchange off in a very negative manner. You will walk away with something stronger, having had made you more stronger for that interaction than not. So for me, it's about, Um, weaving through life and being able to speak 
to everyone. Having that opportunity to speak with ones that are wiser, I'll go back to, um, it's, it's such a valuable life lesson when you have something to gain and you can walk right out your door and have a half a conversation with someone. Oh, that's the crazy cat lady. <laughs> and she's telling you some business about the Democratic Party. And you're like, wait a minute, I had no clue. Well, yeah, you should have checked the records in 52. And you go check the records in 52 and she's right. And you're <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> Not so crazy after all. Not crazy. And that's what I use Google for. The exchange of understanding things that I believe may be facts or what people deem fact. You know, I'll, I'll fact check. Sure. With the fact check. Um, I don't always use it as an encyclopedia. Because everybody's like, oh, it's Google. No, it's encyclopedia. Yeah. It's, it's only got what's been put in, not got the truth. Right. So I, I got a thought. I want y'all to tell me if this is if this vibes what you just said. Um I'm a I, I like to take circuitous routes, but the you know that that phrase that says never meet your heroes. Um, because you'll be let down or whatever. I can dig it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I can dig it. I got a, I got a Anita Baker story. Uh, you don't want to tell anybody. <laughs> I, mean, I, I want to I tell you. Don't worry. I'm going. No, I want to. I, I want to hear this story. I want to <laughs> yeah. hear this story. Um, I'm just. I kind of take it from a different tact. My my thought is. Don't think your heroes are heroes. They're just people. To your point about the crazy, crazy cat lady, she might have something off a little on balance or whatever. She got 40 cats. That doesn't mean that she there isn't something that she can give you or that she can teach you or show you. And just because XYZ hero is rich or smart or whatever doesn't mean that they're nice. They might be a dick. They might or be wise a, for that matter. Yeah. Like, come on. So I, I kind of I heard that and I was like, oh, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, I think that, you know, you can't just do everything and think you're going to get the same result every time. That's um, by definition, that's just insanity. So what I what I what I really encourage is that youth today find me or an elder and, you know, Pick their brains and learn. Like it feels so good for me to go to Lamert Park, the area in uh, Los Angeles. That's specifically our version of Black Wall Street. It is the to-do area that was set up. Um, I don't know, probably the '60s, late '60s, early '70s. It was an area set up kind of in between the city where. Um, Blacks kind of, it was their version of Beverly Hills. There were speakeasies, there was you know, event um, theaters, very lovely area. Now it's been recalibrated. Um, it had a really, really great surge in the 70s and it was you know, a lot of black love and black power. And, you know, even into the 80s, um, when I, I started going over in Lamar Park in the late 80s and it was beautiful. There was a museum of black history. And the individual who ran it used to get sick of me coming in there every day. And, you know, he said, hey, man, what is your deal? Why are you here every day? And I'm like, well, you know, I, 
I, you can't check books out here. I can't really afford to purchase every book I want. So I'm going to look at, he's like, look, you don't have to buy something or get out. And such a nice guy, Brian. And he goes, wait a minute, go over there and get this for me. And I just, I kind of worked my way into being like a lightweight intern. Mm. And my cousin, so he had two young guys running around his spot. He was an older gentleman. Now it's a coffee shop in Lamar Park. It, mm. The museum in black is gone. Mm. But when I go over there now, it's a whole different area. And, and you know, coffee shops and, you know, there's a, a health food store, and, you know, there's African marketplace store, um, co-op, uh, you know, 5013C organization. It's just really a cool functioning area for people of color, right? And specifically black in Los Angeles. So it would be our equivalent to Harlem. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, it's, <clears throat> it's hard to figure out questions for you because <laughs> you're there's so dense Every, everything you just said there was so much in I there well i gotta pick <laughs> i gotta yeah. pick where i want to go yeah. it, interestingly enough the day where we first talked the next conversation one of the women in the production crew we were talking to she made um a short series called lamert park so yeah. that that was my introduction to it in keats as well right yeah. so but, yeah so you you go over to lamert park and you can see these griots just walking around everywhere. Some of them think that people are crazy, and some of them are slightly touched. But you get into a conversation, it's like, oh, yeah, man, I remember Museum in Black. What would you know about the Museum in Black? And then I know everything about the yeah. Museum in Black because I used to run around with him all the time. But that's the point I'm making is that now they think they're up on the next wave of things to happen in that area. And my experience in that area is so different than anybody who could have had, who could have an experience now. And the guys who were around in my era, they're not around in Mookamore Park right now. And if they are, they're not in a position like me. I, I, went from, I went from going to Lamert Park on my feet by way of the bus to a convertible. Which is like multifold for what you're saying. Like, go get a, go get a, um, find an elder, find a mentor. Like, not a, the couple things. Like, a the experience of of time and experience, like you're talking about. But then mm -hmm. also, what you did, like how you ingratiated yourself there by showing up every day. You obviously had a passion for that place. And he, as he was potentially kicking you out, he's like, hold on a second this kid loves being here. Maybe he should work here. And, you know, I've, I've heard several people say, if you want to work somewhere, work there for free, like go sweep the floors, go take out the trash, go do whatever you can to be involved in that thing you want to be in. And I, and I know that a lot of, even some of my mentees now or people, uh, my brother, some of my family, they're like, no, 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 no. Like they're going to pay me. And, but, but that, that sentiment, like the knowledge you got out of that is probably, it's priceless. Like there's nothing. Oh, and, and you know, the Museum of Black gave me so much information. I had like this plethora of knowledge about um, the Black Panther Party, Africa, the the inception of man, from the whole thoughts of mathematics and true science 
uh, Phoenician break, just like this guy would tell me about everything based upon sculptures and images. And he would tell me the backstory. Now, I didn't have Google to go research that then. What I had was the encyclopedia. And I had access to it. So I would run to the encyclopedia and I'm doing my own research and discovery. And, you know, I, I learned that I was really a history buff. Hated history in high school. But I wasn't being taught history that was interesting to me. And I definitely didn't connect the dots for me being a person that has a hue to understanding where we are in terms of the pecking order of life and civilization. I didn't know anything about any of that stuff. And I learned a lot of it being right there. And it was like me taking on a job before getting hired because going to school, you know, college, my major was African history, Afro-American studies. So hmm. I was going to ask, what you take from that? And so you, you went and studied African studies from there. Yeah. Uh, there there's an interesting parallel and I don't know why I'm seeing it this way, but when you talk about the evolution of Lamert Park to, to having the museum where you can go and learn and understand to now having hip coffee shops and it's parallel to the ecosystem of not seeking wisdom from elders or from people who have experience in whatever it is that you may do. We live in a, it's almost the the younger generation as inspired as they are to give and to do and to learn they also seemingly are less interested they're more transactional as is the so it's less patient for sure it, it's certainly not inundated with information and notifications and they're intelligent but not wise but they value in their minds that intelligence lacking experience and then they're lacking historical context and we end up in circumstances that repeat themselves without understanding how things actually played out in the past and you see this over and and it is this weird shift that we have slowly and now more aggressively made as a society that we put people in homes rather than leverage them for their understanding of how we can get better because I know better. I'm smart. Um, and it kind of see that shift in, in Lamert park by no, that museum no longer being there. Yeah, like yeah. that, that value of it would be immense to a lot of people. Um, how do you assess wisdom? Mm -hmm. Like in making, you know, those conversations. I don't, I don't know that it's automatic. You know, you, you find that the rhythm a person gives you for their quality of life, their experience is going to always be one that they can share or not share. The first part of that to me is the fact that they actually share. If you're hitting me with 50 million things scattered, I can't, I, I just can't keep up. I'm not saying that these things aren't important and that's not wise information that you're bringing across. I just may not be able to keep up just because my, my bandwidth mm -hmm. always be turned up to be able to be like, Oh, except, except, except when your radio dial is going up and down. <laughs> yeah. But 
I pick and choose things that make sense to me and inadvertently find those parts. Now it's very rare, but I could play, I call it, I call it life chess. Life yeah, I, I, I can't say that I know that everything is the case, but case in point, I have a, um, a big sit down today with a guy named Steve Rifkin. I love that you guys have no clue who we are. <laughs> I know. I have no, no reaction. I'm like, Okay. My almost my default reaction is like if it's a name you name is probably somebody that's important. You know, like, I will tell you like, and this ties into our prior conversation. There has been a time where I would be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, because I didn't want to seem like I was unaware, or uninformed. Um, through a lot of work of of accepting self, like yeah, I don't know who Steve Rifkin is. I'm not gonna lie about it. I'm gonna look him up. Great guy. Um, own, owns a company called Loud Records. Some of your Ooh. favorite rappers were signed to Loud Records. Starting with Twista, mm. Wu-Tang Clan, Mob Deep, Big Pun, Ray oh, the, oh, those, oh, those little, oh, those little I've never acts. heard of any yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, Steve, Steve hired me early on. Wow a radio marketing consultant and then a radio marketing person. One of my first real jobs in the industry was working for Steve Rifkin. Um, I had jobs prior to that, but this one was important because as he grew the company from a marketing company pure uh, to more of a record company, I got a chance to see the evolution of it and the life-changing that it did for me was put me in a better position to be more um, of a business owner and own up to the culture. So I saw Steve, a lot of people saw a lot of different things in him, but I saw the makings of greatness and I, I got it early. So much, in fact, I came to him and I said, yo, um, give me a deal for a million dollars. My cousin said, you are a to think this man is going to give us a million dollars. I said, if we go in there and we ask him for anything less than $1 million, he's not going to take us seriously. Hmm. Straight face, I'm going to need about a million. How'd it go? I did not get it. (laughs) But he said to me later in life, I regret not giving you the money and, and having given it. The direction he went, he would have wanted to, like, if he had to do over, he said he would have did it this way. Sure. And that made me feel like, wow, okay, I wasn't too far off. He's like, nah, I just, he's like, I didn't understand your, um, your belief in yourself. Like, he's like, I just cannot understand your gumption to think that you were going to be greater than anyone else and be able to do the things that came of age for me. And now he and I are. He's- He's come around to it. You're tendering a business relationship to like this together. So, how did you not like? I mean, how did you not take that? I mean, you had the belief. You were like, "Yep, I'm going to ask." He said, "No." What did that no do to you? Oh, other than my cousins, I told you so. (laughs) Yeah, other than that, because you know that happened (laughs) maybe once or twice. I still, I wore that I told you so until we had a secondary conversation with him. Yeah. And Steve said, I almost did it. And then he was just like, what? Uh. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I've always been able to assess my value. My mom taught me early on, like, know what your value is in each and every situation. So I, knowing what your value is in such certain instances, in all instances, to know your own value in the room is important. You know, so there's some, some really interesting laws of understanding yourself that are important. And if you can walk into a room and be brave enough to start a conversation, <laughs> that matters. How did your mom teach you that? Like, was it, other than just saying, know your value? No, she, or how did you learn it? I dealt with entrepreneurs. You know, mm. I was fortunate enough to be raised with entrepreneurs that weren't afraid of the word no. Mm. Matter of fact, they'd rather have a hard no than a soft yes. Or a kind of maybe. I'd agree with that. They wanted more of that around them. And I, it, and you know, people say, oh, Adrian, you're talking riddles. Wow. No. I talk, how is it that I speak in riddles? This is a diversion tactic on everybody around me. I speak in riddles when you got to give me my money. It's a riddle. <laughs> but, but you want to listen to my riddles when you want my money. When you, when I'm paying you, yeah. you understand. <laughs> I, 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 I solved that riddle. You hear my riddle. You know yeah. what this is like? This is a lot like the government collecting my property taxes. They they want them right now, but when they owe me because I paid too much, they can't find it, and it, and it's going to take a few months to process. Exactly. That's what that sounds like. Um, I'm gonna need to listen to the Anita Baker story before we run out of time. So Anita Baker. Um, huge Anita Baker fan. You can't be black and not like Anita Baker. You pro- I don't think you can. So, Card that she's Auntie Nana. She's your mom's favorite. She's everybody you ever thought about. And then on top of all that, she's the love making, baby making records ever. The most. Mm-hmm. Never saw her in concert. I got an opportunity to go see my buddy who 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 was representing her. And he was just like, hey, you want to come to the show? Come to the show. And I'm like, what? I'm there. <laughs> Eat a baker. So I I take a girl who has no clue who Anita Baker is. And he is the guy who played Tupac, Demetrius Ship Jr., my little bro. He's with his lady. And we're sitting there. And we're, he and his lady know all the lyrics to every song, blah, blah, blah. Um, the girl I'm with is sitting there like, so this is what a real singer does. She's, she's trying to be a vocalist. I'm mm. like, what a real singer? This is Anita Baker. This is like Mate. Mariah's auntie. Hello? Yeah. 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 Anita Baker, it's safe to say Anita Baker, Patti LaBelle. That, you know what I mean? That, this is the spectrum. Yeah. 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 So, show's great, whatever. She's she She basically had stopped touring and this show is a comeback to her. I'm not touring anymore ever again. This is her coming back to her. And it's great. And she looks the same. And the song sound immaculate. And so I'm in, I'm in love. And so after the show, my boy hits me on text. He's like, do you want to come backstage? And, uh, you know, I'm like, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no guarantees you could meet the artist when you go backstage. And especially the older artists, sometimes they just disappear and you never see them. Mm. But there's a hang backstage with the people who played and the you know, the behind the scenes players, you know, everybody's yeah. who drinks or whatever. So walking in the backstage of Hollywood, where were we at the bowl? Walking backstage in the bowl, 
my my boy was between Anita and myself. He was on the back, and she was kind of in front when you first walk in. She's holding court with a handful of people. So you walk in, you make eye contact, and you smile, and that's exactly all I did was I made eye contact. I smiled. The girl I was with was immediately like, oh, "I gotta use the restroom." She didn't get it. So, <laughs> um, you know, you know who that is? Anita, Anita looking right at me, and I'm, I'm like, "Hey, you know, how she's you in the bathroom." Yep. Yeah, all this is happening, and she's in the she went to the restroom before. Yeah. So Anita looks at me, and she goes, she "Puts her hands up." I know she's not waving. It's more like, I but stopped. I'm stopping somebody behind me. So I'm turning around like, and she's stopping me just so that I would listen with the recipe. She's like, excuse me, I'm going to go over here and finish another discussion or something. But I want everybody to know I'll talk to you all individually, collectively when I, when I come back to this area. So he, she was, what she was trying to do is kind of have us stand in one area. But this is backstage and we got access to the backstage and it's not like, hey, I got to stand where Anita Baker put it. Isn't well, I right here. Group. I just kind of walked you in. You just wandered in, yeah. I was six feet distance from that group. Mm, social before, distancing. Before we ever had to have social. <laughs> and so I'm still trying to go talk to my boy. So I'm making sure that, you know, uh, lovely behind me, is she didn't come back up and she's looking for me. I was like, whatever. So I'm walking over to my boy and Anita's talking to some people. She's her back is to him, but she's still in front of me, so I can't get directly to him without going mm. to call her. So again, I walk up and I'm super humble, you know, like, hey, you know, I'm not trying to be in her conversation. She's in a conversation. And as I'm walking up, she goes, Didn't I tell you that I was gonna come back? And I go, Yeah, but. I'm, excuse me, I'm not trying to interrupt your conversation. I'm here to speak to my, my player partner, your manager. I'm here to speak to Jonathan Azu. Yeah. I'll say his name. I ain't got no worries with that. And so I'm, I walk over to him. I'm like, bro, what's going on? Why she got such... He was just like, bro, trust me. Ain't nothing I can tell you about this. And, you know, <laughs> we started talking. And she turns around to directly say to me, I would appreciate it if you didn't stand behind me. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay, well, behind you is, I'm, and, and he, he, he's like, no, 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 Anita, this is, you know, Anderson's manager, blah, 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 blah. She's like, oh, okay, baby. She's just like, but I gave you some specific instruction. <laughs> I said, I said it to her very plainly. I said, hey, my mama don't talk to me crazy. My grandmother don't talk to me crazy. Ms. Baker, I'm I'm good on being talked to crazy, and I'll get out of your whole space and your life and everything else that goes along with it right now. Excuse me. And I walked out, and my boy was like, oh, man, he's texting me. He's like, oh, man, don't be like that about it. She could be difficult with it. You ain't got to. I was like, I don't want to listen to another ninja baby ever. Hmm. And I'm sorry. I blew it for myself, and I will never. Ever, ever try to be shot at. <laughs> Don't ever meet so to, your hero. So to, put, so to take that pen down, <laughs> we can say it is safe to say, do not meet your heroes. That's right. What, what I love the most the about that story, other than what happened, was the, the retelling 
and the the care that was put into the characters uh really sold it for yeah. me and it really like the, made me feel like, like the I was girlfriend dead. who really had no consequence to the story whatsoever added so much color to that story well, at yeah, the same time it was brilliant not girlfriend because the person you were with aired, i want people to be yeah. very careful yeah this was an artist i worked with that i gotcha. was trying to show her what a what a what, what majesticness is on stage and it was my, my first and last anita baker show was everything it needed to be the experience with Anita Baker, not so much. And mm -hmm. if you're watching this, I'm not against you. I just think that your reputation was faxed. Mm -hmm. Okay? Your reputation in this game is to be difficult. And mm -hmm. that is uncomfortable and unnecessary when we are just, I'm a fan. I'm still, a, I can't front and be like, oh, I'm no fan no more. <laughs> you know, I'm still a fan. Yeah. Got and it's not disrespectful music. when somebody doesn't treat you with the same mutual respect. I wasn't hunting her down to get an autograph, or mm -hmm. I didn't even have my phone out. And when I left, she, she wasn't in the restroom that whole time. She was on her phone probably. But Aya Rose or Aya walks out of the bathroom like nothing happened, and she's like, "What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> we are so leaving right now." <laughs> That's it's, you know, I mean, it's um, it's interesting to me because I was actually I was thinking about something similar this the other day about like stars and famous people. Like they're just regular people. They just happen to do a thing really well and they got known. That doesn't mean they're not weird or strange or like have weird social uh, proclivities <laughs> that, that separate people on the in the room. I will talk to this. In fact, here. it's, I mean, when you're super talented, it's not uncommon for there to be, uh, yeah, I mean, like, especially when you're acknowledged for that talent and you're recognized for that talent on a daily basis. Like, well, the, the line between <laughs> genius, gifted, and highly intelligent and mm -hmm. a little unhinged, that's a, that's a thing. I mean, heck, Einstein forgot to put on his shoes every day. You know, he'd, he'd leave the house with without shoes and he'd have to be reminded, hey, put your shoes on. Right. One of right. the smartest humans of all time, um, of all time, of all time. I want to go back to the whole idea of your mom teaching you to know your value. I feel like and you, you said you said it right there a little bit, too, in that conversation. With yeah, like, like I, I'm not here for this. Like from that anybody. would crush so many people's spirit. But not you knew your value and play deference, right? Oh, you're yeah. a Nita Baker. It's all good. I'll go back. Blah blah yeah. blah. Like, no, 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 no. Like talking crazy to me is talking crazy. Like period. I don't care who you are. Like my mom doesn't talk to me like that. Why yeah, would I let anybody? No, 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 no. Blinda, Blinda J ain't having it. And she's from. <laughs> we are a people from the projects. Mm. We. You better do a couple of things right. You better stand up straight, look me in my eye, talk to me correct, or you're going to get treated like we back in the projects. Now, I didn't come up in the projects like she did, but I definitely was taught to, if they go left, you go left. They go act right, then you act right. Mm -hmm. But you act accordingly. And you always treat people with respect and you always stand up for what you feel is the right thing to do. 
And that is where the value kicks in. It's not about, like, oh, I'm worth blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. No. The value starts with me understanding how I respect myself is how I would, would have anyone else respect me. My time and energy is just that, and I can go anywhere with it, and I don't need to be in a space where it's un, undervalued or underappreciated. You know what I mean? It's that ethos of a... There's no reason to do it. Like, if you guys were being jerks right now, I'd be like, all right, Dan. We're out. Yeah, we're done. I don't, I'm not the wiser or the, or the, the more, or the lesser in the, in the position. I'm just next. Mm, It's just your value of yourself in that space. Like everything you mentioned, you stand up straight, you're going, we're going to have an upfront conversation. Like it's having a code, like it doesn't have to be a book, but just having a code to live by that you expect and deliver. Bam value, like knowing your own value. I had one of my dear friends this morning give me, paid me such a genius compliment. It's a series of compliments. And, you know, he said, I said this about you. I felt that um, this potential client of yours needed to hear that you were this. And he asked me pros and cons. And I didn't have many in terms of cons, but all the pros just stacked and stacked and stacked. And he didn't know this about you, eh? And I said, you know what? The fact of the matter is you wouldn't know this about me if it wasn't just like you. If you didn't mirror the same energy, as the kids say, keep that same energy. Mm -hmm. If he hadn't mirrored the same energy of respect, honor, um, admiration, the the ability to, to exchange, if he hadn't been that with me, I couldn't have possibly been any of those things with him. And we don't learn our secret codes to one another. We're too busy doing the same old same with each other. How you doing? What about you? Blah, blah, blah. It's so superficial and surface that we don't get to the bottom of what we're trying to even get to a lot of times. And it felt so good. And I just told him, I was like, dude, I'm going to receive your compliment. But I just want you to know, Ali, yo, man, I just, I woke up with such a genius day to day. When I heard about this interview happening, I was like, all right, I'm going to real right space to do that. Ah, that's awesome. It's, like it's funny because we, we woke up in interesting, like, yeah. uh, what I what I like to call je ne, je ne give a fuck day. Uh, <laughs> yes. Both of us, not 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 on purpose. I woke up in it like, I don't want to do nothing. But I saw this on the calendar. I was like, this is what I need today. Yeah, so, it's the only uh, thing I needed today. Yeah, I could I could have forgone the rest of the day. <laughs> Once a week, we have to invite other people in in real time. Though now, how do you think? Do you think it's going to shift? Like. Because we've talked about this on the podcast before, respect for elders. Um, and we, we increasingly send people to homes rather than making space. Now, there are economic reasons for that, depending on the circumstances and all that other stuff. Um, but we don't seek wisdom or even learn to ignore the wisdom that we choose to not accept like it doesn't mean it's any less wise it just to your point doesn't work for me instead we diminish it we say oh that person doesn't know what they're talking about um do you see that shifting because culturally in the history and annals of human existence elders were the way we learned with with your story and time um 
we don't rely on it as much because we have so much information at our fingertips. And we all think, especially the youth, all think we know better. Do you think that ever goes back we in any way? Better, we know more, we know better, we know faster. The amazing point of reference is that we can never fend for ourselves, starting or ending our lives. What way would you like yours to go? First question. Is that a rhetorical question? Yes. Okay. And when we put ourselves as babies in the positions of the elders, we start to take inventory of how we would like to be treated. I can't date a woman that treats her mom or dad like crazy. Because guess what you're going to do with me? I can't do business with an individual who cheats on his wife or a wife that cheats on her husband. Because what you going to do with me? The writing is in front of you and on the wall. Whether or not you look at it and you evaluate the value of that, that's on you as an individual. So will we find a better way in the future? No, not until these real conversations start to happen and we exhaust every use of learning what takes next. And so for me personally, I'm, I'm getting up there in age. I'm curious how this is going to work out for you, boy. You know, um, my immortality is premised and based around everybody that's dying around me. I see it. You know, it's not just it's not COVID taking lives of individuals around me, but there are lives of individuals around me happening based off of COVID in this time. So in, in real time, I had a really dear friend, Malcolm Cassell. You guys should look him up. Dear friend of mine. Um, he's a Bitcoin entrepreneur is what he's being labeled at, but he's so much more than that. And he's like my big brother's little brother as well. But he and I are the same age. And I just had dinner with Malcolm four weeks ago. Healthy, vegan, single, heterosexual on point, individual, laughing, cracking up, having a great time, good looking guy. And guess what? Had too much money, couldn't spend it in a lifetime. Mm. How about that? Everything we live for is to what? Gain finance. Not him. He was doing the polar opposite. He was doing good. He was doing good in the world, not mm. just the community. He was like a global person for change. And we're sitting talking about a mutual friend of ours, Kat. And he's just like, let's send her a picture. I'm like, dude, I'm, no, I'm not doing a selfie. Nina Baker didn't want to do a selfie with me. I don't want to do one with you. With you. <laughs> no, but we took a selfie. And I'm so glad I took that last picture with my friend because he wow. died with attack four weeks ago. Wow. And we never know. So I'm not suggesting... It's going to all be laid out and set up correctly for when we're no longer here. I'm suggesting that there is a, a, a policy, and it may exist, and I'd love to know more about this because I touch base on this right now, and I'm probably going to have to look this up later. But there should be 
a way that we are able to take care of our elders that matches how they take had taken care of us, if not more. And, and I'll tell you what, everybody doesn't have a family that's with them when they're older. Sometimes these, these homes um, are set up in a really good way. They're set up in a very good way um, that are, can be very helpful to people in their last days and in, in, in the golden ages of time. Um, but by, by no means are their lives over because they're just north of a certain age. We calibrate over being gray-haired and old. Over, no, they know more, are better, do more, and just probably can't do everything they used to do, but still have use and capacity. And so it, it, it kind of disturbs me that people spend thousands of dollars to be buried. Mm-hmm. I never understood it. Mm. I'm not a fan, but I'm not against whatever you want to do with your money. But when you want to do something, your dying wish is that I be buried, have the financial capacity to do it. Out here running around in these streets, living by the sword, dying by the sword. Drug dealers, message, put a little something aside so we can really bury your ass because that's important to know. Your family shouldn't have to go in debt or do a GoFundMe or stand on the side of a freeway to bury you because you chose a certain lifestyle that wasn't exactly set up for long-term, you know, living. Yeah. And, and, and I digress because this is about our elders and how we can best suit and set up for them in latter years. So it takes, it just, it, to me, it just takes time that we don't always want to put in because we're so busy doing things that should not be that busy. Keep us that busy. There was, um, the, uh, something you said before, it just reminded me of, uh, uh, a guy we just interviewed for a different platform. And he's like, my wife always tells me, see things for what they are, not what you hope them to be. Um, I was weaving that back into something that some of the commentary you were just saying, but um, yeah, there's uh, go on ahead. the elder stuff, right? a thought yeah. on the elder, like values, like what, what do we value as a society? Yeah. And, and we just don't value, uh, old people, whatever, whatever that number is. And it's, it, as I get older, the number of that makes someone old changes, it, it goes further out. I'm 38. When I was six, I'm old, right? I'm really oh, yeah. old. Yeah. 38's like, yeah. what? I got yeah. gray hairs. Like, yeah. hey, the um so, so that happens, and then we we largely and, and I'll I'll just speak for me, like write people off. Like, I mean, I can think about even my own grandparents whom I love and want to be around wanted to be around and wanted to learn from but like when they got to an age and like they couldn't do things it's like ah well what is their utility what's their use and i think there utility. hasn't been yeah. a large reckoning 
to your point, Adrian, about sitting down and having conversations on like, well, what is the place of the elder and and why don't we respect it as such? There are a lot of ethnic groups, countries. There are a lot of, there are groups that do re- revere their elders. In this country, though, there are pockets, but it, at, in large, we don't like. It's, it's the, it's the industrial complex of you you contribute you contribute you contribute and then you retire and now the individualism it's like okay you retire and go off and we don't set up to say how can you continue to contribute to this thing that we call society because of all of your years of experience there's there's what is that contribution layer versus here's your social security that you've been contributing to for the last 60 years like my dad's about to retire he's been working for 57 years and my question always is to him and now you've got me thinking about this like what are you going to do versus what 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 can i like what how can you contribute to us or to me in a in a more meaningful and rich way um because you're not just because you're not uh turning some keys on a computer somewhere doesn't mean you're not contributing to us anymore so what if there was a way that we could put a contribution of $100 a month into a fund that took care of our important elder people in our lives, like your mom and dad. If you, if you could pay $100 a month to take care of them in their twilight, golden stages of life, helping them through their retirement, would you do that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So do it. Mm. Guess what? Leading by example is part of the play. Doing is part of the play. My grandmother can't call me and say, "I'm." by the time she gets need out of her mouth, I'm on her account. If I'm by my computer, I'm sitting on her account. Now, she's not the person to ask. She don't like it. I don't, baby, I don't want to ask you for anything. I don't want to. What? You, my grandma, never told me no. Mm-hmm. Rarely gave me bad advice. I couldn't even hardly think about being here without Miss Edna. Edna Mildred got Adrian here, hook or crook. I'm here because of her. So that trick don't work with everybody in my family. And they're like, <laughs> Oh man, you know you ain't you ain't nothing if you ain't none of the dot. And I'm like, when you die, I'm gonna be there. <laughs> I'm gonna catch up with you when you're over. <laughs> Type thing. I love my family. We got a, we have a huge family, and yeah. it's so funny because we had a family reunion two years ago, and I was told I had the most professional family reunion on earth. <laughs> the most people anyone ever seen. And you're talking about a few thousand folks got together in in, uh, Vegas and we are not from Vegas, but we all came to Vegas and just like took over. Wow. And for me, it wasn't the quite Adrian quality that I wanted it to be, but it didn't matter because it was set up and designed for us to be a family. And so that's what I went to participate to be the family. And, you know, all my cousins who've been trying to get me on Instagram and Facebook or whatever. They could have direct access to me and vice versa. Like I wanted to play catch up and find out what was happening. Yeah. 
But the most important thing was my grandmother was smiling. She was so proud. She was so happy to have her people around her. And I made sure that that happened, you know, mm. for her to be able to be there. And my aunt, who takes care of her and everything. Y'all shouldn't want anything. Now, my aunt told another story. <laughs> but that's just it. If you, can, if you are financially in a place to contribute, I encourage it now because when you wait until it's too late, then you waited too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that contribution at $10 a month, $100, whatever you can do, it's almost like a tithe to everything. Think about it as I remember when she bought me something that I wasn't supposed to have. I remember when he said yes to something I knew he wasn't going to say yes to. All those yeses, all those, all those kisses, all those hugs, all yeah. that encouragement, tied that, play that back because it's paying it forward, technically. Yeah. And I don't know a better way right now. And like I said, I need to do a little bit more research because, you know, when I go out, I'm going to go out in a, like, like uh, ashes. I'm not interested in a coffin. That's how I'm going to do. And I have no clue, to be honestly honest right now i have no clue who's concerned with my ashes what you know what i want i want a i want to be able to pay for a party where they spread my ashes and ashes in bora bora but like it's all paid for like they all get to just go mm. and have a party and spread Ooh. my ashes one night nice. that would be dope yeah needs to go yeah I mean, if you want to go, I can add you to the list. I can add you to hey, that. Hey, Ronnie, after this second interview, throw me on that one. <laughs> you are on that list. list. I want that one. Little did we know Malcolm wouldn't be with us here today. Right? You. There's no promise. Hey, that's so, it. I mean, if I get a note in the mail, I'll be like, I feel bad. We went where? <laughs> we got, why am I going to Bar Bar right now? Oh, in, so in it, yeah. I was going to kind of put a bow on it and say, yeah. We have to celebrate life and we have yeah. to celebrate the lives of those that are helping us through. So that's what it's all mm -hmm. about, ultimately. And I think the more we gain, the more we celebrate. And so people, I, I get it. There are some people who are going to be, this is a misnomer. This is not the fact of life. This is not how it goes. You cannot realistically think life works this way. Uh, okay. I'm gonna put you in the slot over there with Anita Baker and them. <laughs> there are just people who are difficult in hey, their own way. You know, they're, they're, be that way. Your frequency is not where it has to yeah. be. Person, I get it. And so that your frequency doesn't spark here, it's cool. Everybody can't work the register. Some of us gotta work fries. Mm -hmm. That way. <laughs> I like that one. I mean, it's a fact, though. It's a fact. Well, listen, I know we're 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 a few minutes past, and we don't want to keep you from your next uh, commitment. Um, but if you if you'll oblige, our final question that we always ask, and we asked you before, but we're going to ask you again. Do it again. If there wasn't enough well, already time, being sprinkled in. Yeah, I mean, thank you yet again for for a whole bunch of goodness and gaining yourself a trip to Bora Bora. Um, <laughs> The what what do you what, what what do you want to leave the audience with? That's the last question. I want to leave the audience with let's 
implore the capacity for ourselves based on this conversation alone on how to be better, faster, stronger, more informed, and reciprocating the love of our elders. Mm. Let's get in there where we fit in there and smile across the room at anybody you feel is older than you. They could be seconds older. I think the smile across the room at an individual does not set a creepy tone. It's not weird as fuck. Actually, okay, just fine to be a decent human being, man. 